Thank you, Jesus. In, in Galatians 4, 19, Paul makes a statement. He says, he says, my little children, he says, for, for whom I labor in birth again until Christ is formed in you. So Paul understood birth pains. He understood that you have to be uh, birthed into something. You have to be uh, brought into something. And Paul, to the church of Galatia, you know, he, had, he was the one that ministered throughout Galatia, Galatian churches, and, and got them into where they were born again. But, you know, they began to step back over into uh, legalism, all that kind of uh, stuff. And he said, I got to labor and birth again. But he said, this time I'm going to labor until Christ be formed in you. In other words, I'm not, I don't want just to get you to where you're born again, but I want to get you to where Christ is formed in you. That word formed is the, from the Greek word metamorpho. Y'all remember that? Like transformed by the wing of your mind. It means that you, you take on the similitude. You take on the likeness. You become just like so he says, I, I got to work to get Christ formed in you till you become the exact image of Christ. And so what I'm about to take you into today, um, that's my goal, is I'm going back into the uh, prenatal, I'm going back into the delivery room, going back into the place where I want something to be birthed. And not just you being born again, because most all of y'all are born again, right? But I want to keep laboring until Christ be formed in you. Until we can really say you take on the form of Christ. Till he fills you up completely. Until you understand who you are in Christ. There's a document we have I think it's on our website somewhere, if we had it there, I'm not sure, uh, uh, who I am in Christ. And because we got to know who we are in Christ, that we've got to, you know, you know the reason why people, uh, you can start my clock. You know why people are, are in, in the church, why they're, they're uh, tending to side with the world on these serious issues? It's because Christ has not been formed in them. They've got a they've got a just want to make it a heaven mindset. I'll come over here. Just want to make it to heaven. Just want to make it in. No. I don't just want to make it to heaven. First of all, Paul, I want to when I get there, I want him to be well pleased with me. I want to hear him say, "Well done, good and faithful servant. Enter into your master's joy." The joy of the Lord. I want a reward when I get there. Hallelujah. I don't want to look over and somebody else living in a big old mansion. I got a little hut back in the back because my works were all burnt up. You know, the Bible says that we're going to give an account of the deeds done in our body, whether they were good or bad. And then, then also, I don't want to, to live this life here on earth and have never experienced what it is to walk 
talk, and live, behave, and think like Christ. I am, after all, a Christian. And as a Christian, a Christian is not just a checkbox on a, you know, a college entry or a hospital form. Or, you know, it's not just, just a checkbox. It's who I am. Somebody say, it's who I am. So if I'm a Christian, you know, in fact, with that work about, the Bible says they were first called Christians in Antioch. And, and, and the reason they were called Christians is because they looked like little Christs. Whereas the people thought they had gotten rid of Christ, they also look up and all these little Christians, these little lookalikes, actalikes are walking around. And they were first called Christians at Antioch. And so here, here's the thing. Is there enough in our lifestyle that people would convict us just by, just by passing by that they would say, you must be a Christian? I better stay up front. That, is there enough in the way we live, the way we behave, the way we talk, the way we act, is there enough evidence to convict us of being a Christian? I don't mean your little tattoo. I don't mean your little bumper sticker. I don't mean your little, your little cross on your neck. I'm talking about your lifestyle. And not only right from wrong, but do you walk in Christ's power? Do you walk in the anointing? That's what Christ means, the anointing one of his anointing. Do you walk in that a level of anointing where people can say, you must be a Christian? Do you walk in a level of blessing and prosperity that people say, you must be one of those Christ followers? That's what he walked in. So I'm laboring until Christ be formed in you. Amen. All right, now John 3. How many of y'all have read John 3 before? Uh, most of y'all didn't read John 3. Well, we fasted Friday. Starting at midnight Thursday. We ended at 4 p.m. on Friday. And the reading was John 3, so I know every, every hand should have gone up. I've read John 3 before because we just fasted and read that on Friday. Amen. Now my, my family, as we sat down together and we began to read and, and, and discuss this, there are so many things that came out. I'm going to bring out a lot of that today, uh, some of it. But it goes with something that the Lord had been telling me as to why we're fasting this year in the first place, which is to unhook from the natural that we're supposed to be becoming more spiritual. Do you understand that? So when you become more spiritual, what's happening is Christ is being formed in you. And you're not living and behaving and operating and limiting yourself to natural human limitations. But we're, we're stepping into a different realm, a different sphere, a different dimension of living and that's being Christ-like. You got it? And so some things that Jesus shared, said, said here in John 3 I think are important to help us get this today. Okay? Are you in John 3? Okay, I'm going to start reading at verse 5. I might come back to look to, to some earlier verses here, but you see, if you read this, you know this is where Nicodemus, uh, who was a Pharisee, Rule of the Jews, he was one of the leaders of Israel, all right, a teacher of Israel. In fact, Jesus called him the teacher of Israel. And uh, he's talking to Jesus about uh, his ministry and so forth. But I'm going to jump to verse 5, and I'll come back to those other ones maybe later. 
Verse 5 says, Jesus answered, Most assuredly I say to you, unless one is what? Born, Born of what? Water. Water and the Spirit, he cannot enter what? The kingdom of God, that which is born of the flesh is? Flesh. And that which is born of the Spirit. Y'all have heard me bring that scripture up to you many times. That's one of my favorite scriptures because it talks about a, a change that was made on the inside of us. That we are not humans. We are spirit. That which is one of the spirit is spirit. Verse 7, do not marvel that I said to you, you must be what? Born again. Born again. Then he says this verse 8, the wind blows where it wishes and you hear the sound of it but cannot tell where it comes from and where it goes. So is everyone who is born of the spirit. So is everyone. What do you mean, so is everyone? He's like the wind. The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear the sound of it, but cannot tell where it comes from and where it goes. So is everyone who is born of the Spirit. So I'm talking for today and the next couple of Sundays, or however long the Lord takes to get this out to us on, on, on unhooking from the natural. But today I'm talking about born of the Spirit. Born of the Spirit. Born of the Spirit. You remember I, a few weeks ago I talked to you about the fundamental uh, truth that everybody has to get in Genesis 1, verse 1. I was preaching about God. In the beginning, God. Are, are y'all all right today? Can y'all take this? I hope I didn't wear y'all out with all that abortion talk and sex talk and stuff like that. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Right? So we established something the other day, or the other week, about God. God is everything. Everything comes from God. So the fundamental fact that you and I have to get is that, is that God is the beginning of everything. Right? Okay, but there's another fact that you and I got to get, and it's, we, we can go down to verse um, 26 and 27. Because in 26 and 27... Of John of, of Genesis 1. We're still in Genesis 1. 26 and 27. Hallelujah. Then God said, Let us make man in our image and according to our likeness. Now, let us, our. So, us, our. So, we know the God in verse 1. Is plural. Elohim. God the Father. Help me out. God the Son. Come on. God the Holy Spirit. Right? So we understand him. But more than just understanding him, we need to understand us. So he says here, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Then he says, let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on, upon the earth. Verse 27, verse 27, so God created man in his own image, in the image of God, he created him, male and female, 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 male and female. 
I wasn't going to talk about that, but it just hit me. Male and female. Only two. Male and, it's amazing that over the last few years, people have been thinking, you know, we don't know what a woman is, but all of a sudden this weekend, everybody knows exactly what a woman is. So male and female, he created them. But the part I want you to see here is that we were made in his image. So we, we understand God, but we all also have to understand us. And you and I are made in God's image according to his likeness. So he spit us out, we can say. You ever seen somebody, a child, and say, boy, you're the spitting image of your daddy. We know that we were made from the very beginning like God. Here comes this serpent. Satan tells Eve, he says, you know, the reason why God doesn't want you to eat that fruit because he knows that if you do, you'll be like him, knowing good and evil. Well, the thing is, they were already like him, but they did not know good and evil. They didn't know good and evil. You know why? They were never supposed to know evil. All they were ever supposed to know was good. And then when they, they ate of the fruit, then God, when he put them out, the Bible says he put a cherubim there in front of that, that garden to block the way. He says, because they've now become like us, knowing good and evil. But that wasn't God's intent. God's intent was for us to just, just know good, just good, 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 good. But because Adam sinned, not because Eve sinned, because Adam sinned. Eve was deceived. Adam was not deceived. So because Adam did that, he fell down from a God-likeness down to a human level. Now, I know y'all know this stuff because y'all are Bible scholars and y'all looking to be like, you know, this is, this is a boring pastor. Okay, okay, I, I, I wanna, I'm, I'm, I'm laboring again because you may know it, but I don't see Christ formed in many of y'all. I don't care if you know these facts. Is Christ formed in you? Are you walking in that image? Are you walking in that dominion? Are you walking in that authority? So I know it might be boring to your soul, but just, 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 just indulge me just for a few minutes. Because I want to make sure that we as a church come to this level. Back to this level. So we see that God gave Adam this dominion. Now, Adam, if you go back to verse 26, Genesis 1:26, it says he gave Adam dominion, right? So we see, we understand dominion, we understand authority. They are connected to image and likeness. First thing he gave him was his image and his likeness. So if you don't understand the image, if you don't understand the likeness, then you cannot walk in the dominion. You cannot walk in the authority. It's going to help three people at least. If you don't understand the image and the likeness, you cannot walk in the dominion and the authority. And so the devil comes along and he brings one little thing and you fall into a puddle crying. Because you have a, a, a vantage point that's not on God's level. And so you have to, we have to switch back, go, go back to this place of understanding how he made us. Adam was, I mean, Adam was given dominion over the earth. God made it all. And then God said, he said, hey, you take dominion over it. I'm backing off. You got dominion over this thing. 
And he said, notice what he says, dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over the cattle, over all. What did he say? Over all. Now explain something to me. How is Adam going to exercise dominion over all the earth? Some of us haven't traveled outside of Florida. I mean, some of us have never left the country. I mean, and you want to. You want to visit other places. How come you haven't been? I had time. It ain't been time. Time is not the issue. It's been some money. Because to get to where you want to visit, you want to go visit, you know, Africa, you want to go visit Europe, you, you know, you can't get on your bicycle and get over there. You can't get on your little scooter, you can't get in your car. You got to get on a plane or, 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 or a ship that's going to take you across the transatlantic or whatever, you're going to do that. And so, in other words, it requires some, some travel accommodations to get there. And yet God tells Adam when there are no planes, when there are no boats, I want you to have dominion over the whole earth. I know y'all never thought about this because I didn't think about this either. He says have dominion over the whole earth, which means Adam's supposed to go over the whole earth, and he did. He did. How did he get there, Pastor? I mean, that's, I mean, it would take me a long time to walk from here to, to my house. How did Adam get there? He's made in God's image, in God's likeness. Now, y'all not still not getting it. Now, you're not getting it. How does Adam get over here to the, to the North, North American continent? Well, Adam, Adam and Eve, didn't, they didn't go anywhere. They didn't go anywhere? What, what do you mean they didn't go anywhere? Let's, let's, let's evaluate just for a second. Let's evaluate when Cain killed Abel. The Bible says Cain left. He departed and went over the earth. And he told God, if I go out here, people are going to kill me. What people? I need, I need you to, uh, I'm, I'm, this, this is labor pains here. This is, what, what people are going to kill him? And didn't he go get married? Married who? Married who? So Adam and Eve could, y'all, you see, we, we normally think Genesis 3 is when everything started. No, Genesis 3 is when they got caught in sin. But between Genesis 2, 7, and Genesis 3, 1, we don't know how long they were on this planet. Time did not start till Genesis 3. When they sinned. Before sin, they were eternal creatures. His 900-year, some, some year count didn't start till Genesis 3. So they were all over this planet. How they getting there? How they getting there? Just think, 
I'm going over here. I'm, Y'all, y'all, you'll get it. You'll get it by next Thursday. How do you know Adam was like that? Because that's how Jesus was. When Jesus died and rose again, the disciples were on lockdown in a room for fear of the Jews. Jesus appears in the room. I'm, I'm a, eventually, I'm going to get you. It might be three weeks from now, I don't know, but I'm trying to get you today. But all, in 1 Corinthians 2, it tells you and me that we have the mind of Christ. Now, the mind of Christ, the mind of Christ, the mind of, we have the mind of Christ. We have the mind of Christ. See, now I know where, where I'm taking you right now is already kind of yanking your chain a little bit. It's like, it's already kind of, whoa, Pastor, you're talking about some goofy stuff. No, it's, it's only goofy because we've been so limited to this natural way of operating. We've not understood who we are. And we have identified with fallen Adam more than we have identified with the last Adam, Christ. So, about it. Think about it. Think about it. Think about it. So Cain goes out and says, if I go anywhere, people are going to kill me. What people? So there's got to be people here. How do those people get here? If Adam and Eve are the first, how do other people get here? God had just dropped off all the people. No, they were already having some kids. They were having kids. They had to. How does he explain all the people being there? How do you explain Cain marrying somebody? Somebody had to be here for him to marry. He didn't marry himself. The Lord had already told Adam he'd be fruitful and multiply. They were being fruitful and multiplying. Wait, wait a minute now. I don't know. I don't know about that because Eve, she couldn't have gone through that many pregnancies. Why not? The pain of the pain of pregnancy and childbirth didn't come to after the curse. She could have been having four, five, six, seven babies at a time. There was no pain. There was no curse yet. There was no pain. There was no morning sickness. There was no sigh of my back hurting. No, her back wasn't hurting because she was pregnant. She and Adam just, just got together and made love or whatever, and they just, boom, I'm pregnant, I'm pregnant again. Boom, boom, boom. Whoop, time to deliver. Boom. Boom. Just going to do it again. Boom. There, there was no pain. There was no sorrow. The sorrow only came in Genesis 3 when they got into sin and God said from now on in pain you're going to conceive. So they're exercising this dominion over the whole earth.
So God made Adam and Eve like that. Eve too. Eve wasn't stuck at the house and Adam going all over the planet. She wasn't going to leave her man around. No, I ain't. I'm just, I'm just teasing. I mean, no, think about it. She had to go help him decorate. You know men don't know how to decorate. Am I right about it? Remember, in what he saw in Genesis 3, God told him, tend this garden, and his, his job was to make the rest of the planet begin to look beautiful. The earth was voided without form. When God put Adam there, God made, he made all these beautiful things, but then he said, okay, now Adam, I want you to go and just want you to do what you see here. I want you to beautiful, just beautiful. So Adam would go and he'd speak plants and just, he's operating just like God. He didn't have any holes and shovels and back holes. He didn't have any that stuff like that. Till sin comes. And now by the sweat of his brow. Oh, Lord, now he got to work hard now. Y'all see this here? All right, now. So let me go back here. I got to get on track, Chris. Because Adam and Eve are made in God's image. But when you look at Genesis 5, 3, it says Seth is now made in Adam's image. Remember Seth? Seth, he's the replacement son. And Adam lived 130 years and begot a son in his, in his own likeness after his image and named him Seth. So now Seth and all those who are born now, they are not made in God's image. They're made in Adam's image, which is how sin passes on. So then what do you watch? You watch where Adam lives all these years and the next generation lives all these years and each generation, seems, the number seems to get lower and lower and lower. Remember, Apostle talked about degeneration. Last, couple, last week. This, this, it gets, just gets, gets lower and lower and lower. This degening that happens. But then Jesus comes, Christ comes back and restores us back. We get regened, regenerated. And all of a sudden, he's bringing us back, not, not to Adam after sin, but back to Adam before the sin. That's why the Bible calls him the last Adam. 15th chapter of 1 Corinthians. The last Adam. Okay? Now, <clears throat> so I want you to look, in fact, let's go to 1 Corinthians 15. 1 Corinthians 15, you need to help me out. I'm going to try to go through this kind of quickly because we just took a long detour. 1 Corinthians 15, verse 4 to 5. But have you ever thought about that kind of stuff, though? How Adam and Eve, how they operating? See, now you got to be careful about these things, what we talked about Adam and Eve and having all these children, because you'll have the people who are anti-Bible, anti-God come and tell you that, well, these, there's aliens on the planet. This is what they say. They say there's all these aliens on the planet, and they were marrying these aliens. No, that's not what it was. See, what they do, they don't understand the timeline that, that the Bible, just because the Bible doesn't talk about it doesn't mean it, doesn't, it didn't happen. So don't just now throw your other thing in there, your other 
you know, demonic agenda in there. No, let's stick with what we know that God said be fruitful and multiply. Hallelujah. Okay, so 1 Corinthians 15, verse 45. It says, and so it is written, the first man, Adam, oh, excuse me, I want to get it in my Bible. Because I want to put my own eyes on it here in my Bible. My Bible is cute. 1 Corinthians 15, 45 through 49 says, And so it is written, the first man, Adam, became, remember Genesis 2, 7, right? When God breathed the breath of life, he became a living being. That's what it says. It says, the last Adam became what? Became what? Say it loud. A life-giving spirit. That's the last Adam. Now, who was the last Adam? So he became a life-giving spirit. So when you receive Jesus Christ, you receive the life that he gives. And you walk in the same, um, uh, we, I was asking my family the other day, all the science, some of y'all scientists might know this, you know, about the kingdom, phylum, uh, order, species, genos. Y'all know that stuff? Any, if you took biology when you were in middle school and high school, you learn about those things. Okay. Okay, just trust me. I'll, I'll. So we are part of the same species as Jesus. All right, now watch verse 46. Let me keep going here. However, the spiritual is not first, but the natural. The spiritual is not first, but the natural. And afterward, what? The spiritual. Okay? So you start out. Now, this is, this is talking about the resurrection. You understand that? I'm not, I'm not trying to twist scripture. I'm just trying to show you. This is about the resurrection. But I want to show you revelation here. Okay? As it applies to what we're talking about here. That the, the spiritual is not first, but the natural. And afterward, the spiritual. Now, that means once you become spiritual, don't go back to natural. Having started in the spirit, will you now be made perfect in the flesh? No. Isn't that what Paul asked the church of Galatia? Having begun in the spirit, will you now be made perfect in the flesh? No. So he doesn't want you now that you've been born in the spirit to go back living natural. We were natural first. But afterward, now we are the spiritual. Y'all got it? Verse 47, the first man was of the earth made of dust. That's Adam. The second man is the Lord. Where? From heaven. Keep that in mind. Verse 48, as was the man of dust, as was the man of dust, so also are those who are made of dust. When you were born, were you made of dust? Yes, these human bodies are made from dust. So as was the man of dust, so also are those who are made of dust. And, and, as is, now notice we went from as was, about the man of dust, to and as is the heavenly man, so also are those who are heavenly. So as is the heavenly man, so also are those who are heavenly. 
Do you understand this morning that you are heavenly? Boy, Christ's going to be formed in you, man, if you get it. If, if you can shake your soul and shake your body, just, just stay alert in the spirit. Just, just tune in, boy. You're going to become something that you weren't an hour ago. You're going to come into a realization of just who you are in Christ Jesus. You're going to walk different. You're going to talk different. You're going to live different. You're going to have a different level of authority and dominion because you understand that now you are heavenly and you're not earthly. Oh, my. Verse 49, verse 49. And as we have borne, as we have borne the image of the man of dust, we have borne, it, it says here, we shall also bear the image of the heavenly man. Now, when you look in, if you got a good Bible, it, there'll, there'll be some notes around that verse. And it'll say, it'll take the word shell out because that's not part of the actual Greek text. It actually should read from the Greek, we also bear, not future tense. Oh, that went over your head. As we have borne, the same way we bore the image of the man of dust, we also bear the image of the heavenly man. So just like when you were born, you bear the image of your daddy, your mama, your family, you resembled them, you walked like them, had your voices like them, your characteristics, your traits were like theirs. He says, now you and I also bear the image of the heavenly man. Now remember, we were made in his image and made in his likeness. Adam lost that. But now that we are born again, we have now regained, come on now, the image of the heavenly man. So that's why we read the scripture in 1 John, I think it's 417, as he is, as he is, so, are, not so shall we be, as he is right now, so are we. As he is. As he is, as he, he is right now, so are we. Not one day over yonder where we're going to get in the sweet by and by, we're going to be just like him. No, we are. We are. Right now. But what's the problem? Christ has not been formed in us. We're born again, but we've not pressed in to have Christ formed in us. Um, if there were a latex glove laying here on, on, the, on, the, on the floor, that glove has a shape, right? Five fingers, right? Or four fingers and a thumb, right? But... It doesn't take its full form until someone puts their hand in it. So when Christ is formed in us, what we're saying is we're being filled with the fullness of God. 
and letting the fullness of him, the fullness of Christ, fill us all in all until what was potential now becomes an actual real power, an actual real dominion, an actual real authority, an actual real living, an actual reality for the child of God. How many of y'all are listening to what I'm saying to you? If Christ is formed in me, I have no, no reason to be dominated by sickness or disease or poverty or lack or depression or anger or lust or jealousy, or malice, or wrath, or offense, or anything, any work of the flesh. When Christ is formed in me, what begins to flow out is love, and joy, and peace, and long-suffering, and gentleness, and goodness, and meekness, and faith, and temperance. And prosperity and happiness and anointing and dominion and authority without that I'm just a windbag Hallelujah. Woo-wee. Now, so according to this 1 Corinthians 15, 49, we're like Jesus now. Right? 1 John 4, 17, as he is, so are we in this world. Right? So that means I'm supposed to be living and operating at a level of dominion and authority beyond human limitations. I'm supposed to be living and operating at a level of dominion and authority beyond human limitations. Hallelujah. Boy, somebody grab a hold of this this morning. But to do that, I've got to unhook from the natural. I've got to unhook from the natural. I, I talked about it a couple weeks ago or maybe last week, whatever it was, about, you know, they have these hot air balloons. How does a hot air balloon work? How does a hot air balloon work? They, 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 they have this uh, fabric, this formed fabric. It's a balloon shape. They make it. And they heat the air that's uh, under the balloon or under, under, the, yeah, under the balloon itself above the basket. Y'all ever seen hot air balloons? And they, they heat the air because hot air rises. Am I right about it? That's where anybody who actually lived up north somewhere, you put your heating elements down on the bottom. Radiant heat. You know, radiators, they used to have those, the floor, floor heating. Y'all, anybody know about, about that? None of y'all southerners know about that. They used to have the, the heating 
around, around the, the, the base, baseboards. Or, or if you're going to have a, a two-story house, you'll put your heating system down bottom of boilers, down on the bottom because heat rises. Cool air drops because it's heavier. So they heat the air balloon, the hot air balloon, so that it, 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 uh, it rises, and, and it's, that's what it's supposed to do. And in order to, to come down, they begin to turn the heat down. That's how they control their altitude, how high and how low they go. Just control the heat, how much, how much you put in there. But no matter how, you could, you could, you could, you could heat it up till it's about to catch on fire. But if you got a rope tied, if you got a rope tied from that basket to the ground, all it's gonna do is just burn up. It'll never fulfill its potential. To soar to new heights that you couldn't go on your own. You ever seen these hot air balloons? People get in there and they, they do this early in the morning. You don't, you don't take a hot air balloon 3 o'clock afternoon. Why? Because the air is hot. Right? <laughs> so you have, to, you have to do it, you know, this is unless you're in Norway. And it's still... But you do it in the morning time because that it's, it's cooler air. So, but you, you, they, they, they do this... Because people, they want to they go higher than they could be on their own and be able to look and get a perspective like, wow, this is so beautiful. Phew. Mountains that they've been looking up to, now they're looking right at and they're like, wow. But to do that, they have to detach, disconnect from what's holding them. And what happens is, here we are with all this potential to rise to a new level and rise to a new place, but we keep remaining, we remain attached to this natural. And God said, come up hither, come up higher. I want to show you more. I want to show you something. I want to show you who you are. I want to show you the world from my vantage point. But if we never detach, That's what he's talking about. We're so caught up in this flesh. What the flesh wants to do. How the flesh feels. How somebody treated me. The, the message Pastor Kim gave last Sunday was to detach you from the natural. The whole reason the devil brings all the kind of abandonment, all the rejection in our lives is to make us tie and never rise to the level of our potential. And rather than us soar in the things of God, well, but you know, my mama was this, so my daddy wasn't that. And then people, you know, people are always doing this. And here you are walking around with the ability to soar and can't go anywhere because you're tired. <laughs> tired to, that, that, you know, that's what Jesus said. Jesus said, he said, uh, we were talking about this in office this morning. He said, unless you uh, love me more than your, your mama and your daddy, 
and your children, you cannot be my disciple. In other words, if you're not willing to cut your ties to your family. Whoa, pastor, don't say that. He said, if you're not willing to cut your, your ties, God told Abraham, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to make your name great. I'm gonna, you're going to be a blessing, but you got to cut some ties. Come out of your country, away from your kindred, get out of your father's house. Because where I'm taking you, you can't take them with you. And if you stay with them, they're going to hold you back. And some folk right up in here, the reason why you, you can't go nowhere. You can't go nowhere in God. You, keep, you, you, just, you just can't rise above a, 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 a lick because your family and your friends and your lifestyle, your career, everything about your life means everything to you. And going somewhere in God means nothing. Well, I'm going to heaven. Wonderful. That's wonderful. I'm so proud of you. But God's trying to raise you up to a place where you live like heaven on earth. Where you exercise your heavenly dominion and your heavenly authority right here on earth. And you can't go there till you start severing some ties. Let me wind my watch. Because this part, nobody want to hear that. People want, oh, yeah, talk about Adam and Eve again. Talk about all of them. Don't talk about my family, Pastor. That my family means everything to me. I understand. He's not telling you to hate your family. But he's saying if they're the, the obstacle, you can't love them more than you love me. Because they can't take you where I want to take you. They can't get you to where I want to get you. They can't show you what I want to show you. They can't give you what I want to give you. They can't bless you the way I want to bless you. They can be there for you in your rough times, but they can't get you out. So if you want to go where I want to take you, you have to decide between this earth, this natural, or do you want to go higher in the Lord? See, I'm trying to take you higher. But you got to cut some ties. Sit down, watch this. Give me a few more minutes here. Give me a few more minutes. Because we got to unhook from the natural. And the reason, again, why the Lord told me at the beginning of this year why we're fasting all year long is because we got to be more spiritual. Tell you that we got to be more spiritual. So these fasting days don't just blow it off like, well, yeah, I ain't going to worry about that. No, it's, 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 it's all part of the process of becoming more spiritual. It's about making this natural man shut up. Making this natural man submit. Making this natural man obey. It's about putting the spirit, your spirit on the horse and not putting your body on the horse. 
cannot be in charge. I can't fast at 4 o'clock. Well, how in the world, if you can't fast at 4 o'clock and deny food, tell me how in the world are you going to deny when the devil brings you some, mm, 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 some real... It's just food. No, y'all to hear me. It's just food. That's all. It's, it's just food. And the problem with, that God says, Paul said this way. He says they make their bellies their gods. And if you and I make our bellies our gods, we serve our bellies rather than serving God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm going to throw this in here too because it just came to me. And stop treating your children like, like they're junior Christians. I said stop treating your children like, like they're junior Christians. Oh, I'm not going to make them fast because you know they're not really ready to come. Stop treating them like they're junior Christians, like they have the junior Holy Ghost. Like they got a junior Bible. I knew y'all wouldn't say much about that. Stop treating your children like they're not going to face the same devil you're facing. The same temptations you're going to face. You, you act like they're not going to face them. So when we fast, we fast. That's a little rough for them. That's a little rough for them. That's a little rough for them. But if they, if they were having surgery the next morning, you'd force them. They wouldn't be able to touch anything. But when God's trying to do a surgery in the spirit, to birth a new creation on the inside of them, to birth a God man on the inside of them, oh, it's just, it's just too hard. Glory to God. Maybe I should get Barbara up here preaching. Y'all like when Barbara preaches. Y'all just y'all like all that good stuff. And Pastor Kim, this, 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 this. y'all don't like pastor the pastor. You just pastor. You just you just you say too much. Just make me feel good. I'm trying to make you feel good. But I want no fake feeling good. Or temporary feeling good. Talking about where you now walk like Jesus and you begin to talk like him. And you walk in that same authority and that same dominion that when you, when you come up with something. Oh, Jesus. All right. Let, let, me, let, me, let me get back on board. Let me get, let me get back on board. So we're being spiritual. Everybody say I'm being spiritual. Now when I say spiritual, I'm not talking about spiritual like your cousin's talking about spiritual. Because everybody in the world talking about, you know, not, not this thing, or, you know, oh, no, I'm not religious, I'm spiritual. I'm, I'm not, I'm, no, I'm not religious. See, I'm not, I'm not, no, I'm spiritual. They all over Facebook and TikTok and, no, I'm, I'm not religious. No, 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 I'm spiritual. And here's the reality, they are not spiritual, they are religious. 
in, in Acts 17, look at Acts, Acts 17, 22. When Paul is at, at, at the, a place called Areopagus, he runs into all these people and he says something in, in Acts 17, 22. He says, that, then Paul stood in the midst of the Areopagus and said, men of Athens, I perceive that in all things you are very religious. They, were, they had all these gods they were worshiping, all this philosophy they were doing. And he said, I perceive, he didn't say I perceive you are spiritual. He said, I perceive you are religious. All these acts that you're doing, you are religious. Well, I don't, I'm not into organized religion, so I'm just spiritual. No, you're actually into religion. You've made a religion out of your beads. You've made a religion out of your little rocks. You've made a religion out of your little candles. you made a religion out of your little, your little sage. And we, when I was talking about sage a couple weeks ago, whenever that was, and, and we left here and saw down in the, in the road, there was a van parked down in the road. It was a, tra- it was a, mobile, a mobile sage, uh, whatever it was. Uh, they, they were doing cleansing, and it's a little mobile unit, somebody. You can bring them to your house, to your company. They're they doing this stuff mobily. Intense inner healing and all these things because we're spiritual. No, dope, you are religious. Well, why do you say we're not spiritual? Because you're not born of the Spirit. You can't be spiritual if you don't have the Spirit. Your Bible says that you and I, we were dead. In trespasses and sins. Dead. Put up Ephesians 4. Ephesians 4 1. Right. 2 1. 2 1. I'm going to find There's one of these scriptures. Yeah. And you he made alive who were dead. So people who are not born again, they are dead. They have a spirit, but the spirit is dead. So they, they think they're spiritual, but they can't be spiritual. No, you're soulish at best. You're soulish at best. You cannot be spiritual with a dead spirit. And you, notice it says, he made alive. So I was dead, but he made me alive. I like the way King James says, and you hath he quickened. I like it. He quickened me. You, you were dead. Say, neighbor, you were dead. Now look at verse, go go to verse 4. Go to verse 4. Ephesians 2, verse 4. Go back to New King James for me, please. Ephesians 2. Look at, look at verse 4, because he says a little more of it. But God, who is rich in mercy for his great love, wherewith he loved us, uh, uh, all right, did y'all change it? Who was, who, wherewith he loved us. Keep going, please, verse 5. Even when we were dead, when we were dead, we were dead, in trespasses, made us alive, watch this, together with Christ by grace, and then raised us up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places How many of y'all see this? Yes, Come on, Ophim. How many of y'all see this here? Yes, Do you see what happened to you? Oh, my. Now, so notice it says here, he's raised us up together, raised us up together, made us sit together in the heavenly realms, heavenly places. 
we could really say realms. So once I'm born again, I have access now to the realms and the dimensions and the wisdom and the abundance of the kingdom. I need you to see this here. I need you to see this. I have, I was dead. He made me alive, but he didn't just make me alive, but he raised me up together and made us sit together where? In Christ. Now notice it didn't say, and will make us. It says, and may. Now, made is past tense, right? So, I'm seated right now in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So, I have access now to realms and dimensions and wisdom and abundance that I did not have before. And you can't have as long as you're on this level. You can't have as long as you are still connected to this natural. You can't access, thank you, Holy Ghost. You can't access what's yours. Ah, oh, Jesus. Uh, Galatians chapter 3 and verse uh, 29. Galatians 3, verse 29. Thank you, Holy Ghost. It says, and if you are Christ, come on. Y'all got it? Y'all got it? And if you are Christ, then you are what? Abraham's what? Abraham's what? Y'all know Abraham? Okay. And heirs, heirs, according to the promise. Okay, now let's add to that the next verse, Galatians chapter 4 and verse 1. Now I say that the heir, as long as he's a child, does not differ at all from a slave, though he is master of all. So although according to 329, I'm an heir, and all this belongs to me, according to the next verse, if I'm a child, or if I'm still childish, or if I'm still hooked to this natural, I'm no different than a slave, which means all that is mine, I don't have access to it. So if, if a wealthy benefactor leaves an inheritance to a child, they don't, they don't let the child access it at seven years old. Some of y'all are sleeping, you broke. They don't have access to, a, to, to it because they're, they're child and they're childish. And they're irresponsible and they've not matured to a place that they can handle it. They, all a child thinks about is the natural. All a child thinks about is the natural. All a child thinks about is the natural. A child, a, child, a child doesn't think about tomorrow, he just thinks about today. What can I do? What's, what's going to make me happy today? That's hooked to the natural. So he says, if you're like that, you, you are just like a slave, although it's all yours. So although he has made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, if we remain hooked to the natural, we, although it's all ours, Although dominion and authority is ours, we cannot access it. 
And so we live, watch this, and die like natural men. Oh, my, 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 my. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I'll just preach it. First Corinthians 2. Let me go one more place here. First Corinthians 2. First Corinthians 2. So notice again, we've been raised up with Christ. We sit together in Christ. In Christ. In. Notice it didn't say we're seated with Christ. We're seated in Christ. Boy, that's big. First Corinthians 2. Y'all know this scripture. Y'all have heard this your whole life. Verse 9. But as it is written, I has not seen nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. So there are things that are prepared for you. Y'all got it? Okay, good. As long as y'all get it. There are things that God has prepared for us. Just like God prepared things for Adam. Adam didn't get in and have to figure out how he was going to eat. Figure out how he was going to live. Figure out how he, how he was going to get over yonder. He just thought about it. I want to go over there. And he went over there. Thought about it. I want a mango. He plucked the mango. Not worried about, well, it's only, it's only mango season for three months. And, you know, I'm not going to run the mangoes. No. Every, every time Adam plucked the mango, another one showed up. Y'all missed it. I said every time Adam plucked a mango, another one showed up. Because Adam wasn't used to living by just seasons like that. That's the reason why when Jesus Christ went to the fig tree. And the Bible clearly says it was not the season of figs. He wasn't caring about no seasons. He just wasn't bound by seasons. He just, he knew when I come up, it better be some figs on this fig tree when I want it because... I'm trying to tell you that you don't, you don't live based on a, a tax return season and only get happy on pay week and payday and only comfortable going outside when it ain't hurricane season and it ain't flu season. No. Hey, I'm talking about when you get into this Christ image, every day is Sunday. Your Sabbath has no end. We sing about that in heaven, but Jesus, oh my God. I grew, they just sing that when we get, over, get into heaven. Every day will be Sunday and Sabbath will have no end. Jesus came and said, I'm the Lord of the Sabbath. When you get in me, you don't wait on a Sabbath day. Your whole life is a Sabbath now. What are you talking about? Come unto me, all you who labor and heavy laden. I will give you rest. I'm giving you a Sabbath. You're going to live in this Sabbath rest. 24 hours a day, seven days a week, four weeks out of the month, 12 months out of the year, every year of your life, you're going to live in this Sabbath rest. Howdy, howdy, never goodbye. Who 
guess what I'm telling you today? That was about 12 of y'all. That's good. So there are things. Let me finish up. Let me finish up. There are things that are prepared for you. For those who love him. He says, now eyes, eye has not seen, ear not heard, into the heart of man. Notice eyes and ears and heart of man that's natural. But, verse 10, God has revealed them to us. God has revealed them to us through his spirit, for the spirit searches all things, yes, the deep or the mystery things of God. For what man knows the things of a man except the spirit of the man which is in him, even so no one knows the things of God except the spirit of God. So nobody knows the things God has except his spirit. Now watch this. Now we have received not. Oh, Jesus. We've not received the spirit of the world. I don't have the world's spirit. The Bible calls the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience. I don't have that spirit. I have, but the spirit, here's what we receive, the spirit who is from God that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. Do you see that? These things we also speak not in words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Spirit teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. Comparing spiritual things with spiritual. Notice our job or our place is to compare spiritual things with spiritual. That's why we, we, can't, we can't shrink down to this natural argument level. We compare spiritual things with spiritual. Verse 14, watch it. But the natural man, here's why they don't get you. Here's why they don't get the church. Here's why they don't get the Bible. Or they're out there hollering, F your Bible. F your Jesus and F your church. Yeah. Because they can't get it. They're natural. They're natural. So don't you side with natural folk. You get spiritual. The natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him. Nor can he know them, why? They are spiritually discerned. But he who is spiritual judges all things. Yet he himself is rightly judged by no one. Verse 16. Y'all got all that? For who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? Who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct? Who has known the Lord's mind that he may instruct him? Who, watch this. Now, I'm going to challenge you, and I'm, I'm going to close here, because you've already swallowed more than you can eat. Not just. Or some of y'all might have regurgitated some of it. Who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? That's, that's Isaiah's question. Who has known the Lord's mind that he may instruct him? or that he may give God direction, or that he may give God some sort of directive. Yet Isaiah records it. He says, God says, concerning the work of my hand, command you me. God says, 
concerning the work of my hands, command ye me. Wait, God is telling us to command him? I want you to understand what he's saying when he's saying that. He's not giving you authority over him. What he's saying is we're workers together with him. So imagine, how many of y'all military people here? You, you have a, you, some of y'all military? Did y'all, any of y'all ever go to battle? Okay, you're in the battlefield. Okay, in the, in the battlefield, when they have um, uh, ships out in the Gulf, you know, they're, they're, the, the Arabian Gulf out there, you know, they were in Iraq and all that kind of stuff. They had ships out there, Desert Storm, remember that, all that stuff? When they have these ships out there, or they have um, uh, tankers or whatever it is. They also have people on the ground who they run reconnaissance, right? I'm using these military words, recons. These ground troops, they go ahead and they scout out where the enemy is. And they can give what's called coordinates. Latitude, 2,700. Longitude, 32, 22, whatever. I'm making, you know I'm making the whole story up. And they give coordinates. Now the one that gives the coordinates, he knows where the enemy is. The ones back on the ship don't know where the enemy is. They're the ones with the power. So when the one on the ground say, we need you to strike at longitude 22, latitude 34, 27 degrees, latitude, whatever they, there's all the stuff they say. They set the coordinates back over there on the ship and send the firepower and it comes to right where they say they needed it. So when God says, whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, that means when you lock it up there, he's going to send in reinforcement to come and back up what you said right where you are. And whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. He's going to send the firepower that you need to loose what you need right where you are. So when he says, concerning the work of my hands, command you me, he he's not telling you that you have authority over him. What he's saying is, when you, you tell me where you need it. You tell me where you need it. You, okay, watch this. Watch this, watch this. Jesus is on earth. In John 6, he says, where shall we buy bread that these may eat? But the Bible says he said this knowing what he would do. Now remember that scripture here says, but we have the mind of Christ. Y'all see that? Put it, put it back on the screen. But we have the mind of Christ. Remember the question was, who was on the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? He says, but we have the mind of Christ. Say it, Christopher. Say it again. Say it again, Chris. They're not getting it. Who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. Do you understand that we have the mind of Christ? You have Christ's mind. 
If Christ is fully formed in you, you now have his mind. That's why the Bible says, set your mind or your affections on things, set it on things above, on things of the earth, because you have a new mind. And in your new mind, you think like Christ. So when Christ says in John 6, how are we going to get enough bread to feed all these people? And the Bible says he said this in order to know what he would do. What he did was he lifted up to the Father, got the bread, Father, he blessed it, boom, and released it. In other words, God, I need, I need reinforcements because all, we, all I got is two fish. And all I got here is five loaves of bread. And I got 5,000 men, and they got their wives. They brought, they brought their wives today. They brought their children out. And they, I, I need, I need to, they brought everybody. They went and found people to bring to the meeting because they heard it would be some food. They got, and they got carryout plates too, Lord. I, Father, what are we going to do? So he said, I got these two fish and these five loaves of bread. Well, he knew what he was going to do. His mind was, I'm not going to worry about any deficit. I never worry about any lack. I never worry about having not enough. Now, some of y'all looking at me like I have two heads, but you sit here worried because the first of the month is right around the corner and you don't have your rent money and you're scared. What you're telling me is you don't have the mind of Christ. And that's why I'm laboring until Christ be formed in you. So you stop worrying about your rent and you say, God, I need it on the first. Got a light bill, God. I got a water bill, God. Kids need some shoes, Lord. And I'm not worried about it. I'm not frustrated about it. I have the mind of Christ. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. But we have the mind of Christ. The mind of Christ. And we around here worried about how we gonna eat and how we gonna pay the rent and how we gonna how we gonna pay for tuition and how we gonna pay for the school fees and how we gonna pay for the school clothes and how we gonna how we gonna get you know the insurance going up and the water going up and the gas going up and 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 the eggs going up and the milk going up. Oh, I don't know how we gonna make it. You don't have the mind of Christ. That's natural mind. Now, y'all looking at me funny, but I'm telling you, I know. I know. I know it. It's written all over your face. You don't have to say a word. I can see the worry. It manifests in your Lack of days to go praise and worship. Why you say that, Pastor? Because I know you want to praise. I know you want to praise. I know you know God is good, but just stuff, stuff just weighs on you, man. What's happening, man? I, I, you're not, you're not walking with the mind of Christ. You've not let Christ be formed in you yet. 
Because when Christ is forming you, you start, you start walking, you start moving before the, before the, before the way is even made. When Christ, if you got a mind of Christ, a storm hits your boat and you sleep. Everybody else reeling and rocking and you sleep. Everybody else worried, we're going to die and you sleep. And when they finally get you up, you say, what's wrong with y'all? Why are you so fearful? How is that you have no faith? That's the mind of See, and what's happened is we've been hooked. Y'all get on your feet, I'm done. We've been hooked to the, to, the, to, the, to the natural so long. Thank you, Holy Spirit. In, in Psalm 22, Proverbs 22, verse 6, says, Train up a child the way he should go when he's old. He's not depart from it. What's happened? We've been training the natural. We've been training the natural. We've been, we've been trained in the natural. Well, when this happens, you have to respond this way. When this goes this way, you got to, you know, you're not, a, you know, we've been trained in natural. We've not been trained in the spiritual. We've not been trained in the spiritual. So my job as your pastor is to, is, as your father, thank you. Thank you, that's right, Chris. Is to train you in the spiritual. To train you, listen, to never worry again. I don't know if some of y'all got that. If you let me, I'll train you by the Holy Ghost to never worry again about anything. And I'll say this without any reservation. I've entered into that place in my life where I never worry about anything. Not physical, not financial, not mental, not in any area of my life. I'm not talking about because of something that we have, but because of who we are. I'm not talking about you, you got to have a million dollars to your name, and then you don't worry. No, 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 no. I mean, let's go back to the story in John 6. Jesus said, how are we going to buy enough bread to feed all these people? Which mean, meant he knew we didn't have enough in the coffers that day. Thank you, Holy Spirit. <laughs> so this is Elder Warren. This is how he trained his disciples. He sent them out and said, don't take a purse with you. Don't, 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 don't take a wallet with you. Don't take your little knapsack with you. He said, don't take all this stuff with you. Then in the 21st chapter of Luke, the Bible says when, when they came back, he met with them and said, hey, when I sent y'all out without anything, did you lack anything? They said, no, sir, we didn't lack anything. So I'm not talking about you being a millionaire and not having worry. I'm talking about if you don't have a dime to your name, but you understand who you are. You know that Christ has been formed in you and you have the mind of Christ. You will never worry about a thing. Now, does God want you living on zero? No. But does he want you living on your money? No. He don't want you living on your money because you'll make money your God. 
He's got to be your God. He doesn't want us, the first time a little sign, a little something hit, a little symptom hit of something, first thing we do, we run to the hospital. First thing we do, we run to the doctor's office. Wait a minute, that's, that's how the natural people do it. Slow down, pray about it. Slow down, take it to God. Wait a minute, Father, you told me if any man be sick among you, let him call the elders of the church. Most of the elders, the last people don't even know you sick. That's natural. I'm not picking on you. I'm just telling you that's just how it is with people. Because that's how we've been trained. But God's ready to, he's, he's retraining us right now. He's retraining us. Hallelujah. Did y'all get anything out of the message today? Glory to God. Now, I know I went somewhere everywhere, but um, we're going to pick up next week John 3 because that means you got time to go home and read John 3. <laughs> fast if you didn't fast. Um, because I, I need to get to John 3 because there's so much Jesus said that when you let the Spirit of God talk to you about it, you understand, wait a minute, I am not an ordinary person. I am not the average Joe. I'm not, I'm not even human. I'm a spirit. And he said over there in, in I think the eighth verse of John 3, he says, just like the wind goes where it wants and you, you don't know where it came from, where it's going, he says, you just like that. That's why Adam could go all over the place. He was just like that. There was a man, the story goes, there's a couple stories I've heard. Here's one of the stories. This man who, he was uh, called as a missionary, and uh, he was going to go, uh, this, was, this had to be, it was in the 1900s, late 1900s. He was going over to, to uh, Africa to minister at a conference over there, and <clears throat> he, he didn't have the money to pay for his flight, but God told him, I need you to go over here and minister not, not a conference, but go be, be a missionary. And um, he said, well, Lord, what am I going to do? He said, the Lord said, go to the airport. And so he goes to the airport. He says, okay. So he gets in line. He's waiting. All right, God's going to do a miracle. God's going to do a miracle. You know, somebody's going to come bring me the money. Somebody's going to come bring me the money. Somebody's going to come bring me the money. I mean, that's, that's faith right there, ain't it? Somebody can bring the money. And... Uh, the Lord, Holy Spirit says to him, get out of line. Go to the bathroom. Go to the bathroom, yes. Go to the bathroom, go in the stall, and just start praying in tongues. So he gets, goes to the bathroom and starts praying in tongues. And the Lord says, okay, that's good. Open the door and go back out. And when he opened the door and went back out, he was in Africa. He was in Africa. Guess how he got home? The same way. Now, if, if, I, if I have time, if I have time because it's, it's, this, this thing is so deep, I will talk to you at some point about portals. 
Uh, but some of y'all, you might not be ready. But I'm about to say portals for a Wednesday morning because that's deep. Portals, you got to really unhook from the natural. I'm talking about, I'm talking about quantum travel. That's how Adam got around, quantum travel. That's how Philip, after he baptized, the Bible says he's baptized there on the road down to, to Gaza. Next thing you know, he's in Azotus. How did he get there? Quantum travel. In other words, God opened a portal. See, our minds have been so limited by this natural. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Let me bring this up to you. And so what the devil does, <laughs> the devil, he uses uh, movies and entertainment to mock that. And he makes these things seem like they're fantastical, like they're mystical, like this is just, just some entertainment thing. People, people see uh, Marvel characters and, and, and characters on movies and TVs doing these things and think, oh, wouldn't that be awesome? And God's saying, that's child's play. They're trying to imitate how I operate. I could, I could go so deep on y'all right now, I don't think y'all get it. Everybody say, I'm a spirit. I'm a born again spirit. I'm going to give you a clue about how you know it. Have you ever experienced something that the world calls deja vu? It's not. See, let me explain something to you. Can I explain something to you? See, God knows because you are a spirit. You're not this natural body. He can take your spirit somewhere your body never left. show you something and then bring you back. And then years later, you naturally walk into it and say, God, this, this is so familiar. Yep. Yep. And psychiatry and psychologists try to, try to explain it away out of mental recess, your brain, how it works. It's not that. They're trying to, they're trying to understand how God... You boy, you was a bad something. I don't think you understand. You was a boy, what you are. And we've been limiting ourselves to these flesh containers. God say through Joel what happened when the Holy Ghost was poured out. He said, your young men will see visions. Say, old men dream dreams, but your young men see visions. Visions and dreams are not the same thing. A vision is a, is a preview of a coming attraction, a preview of something that's, that's to come. Which means when they see the vision, God takes their spirit somewhere Shows them something and then takes them back. All right. 
Now you got to work, you got to sit on that. Because the vision is for an appointed time. Well, there are things, I think, when I, was, when I was three years old, I had deja vu. When I was seven years old, and I was like, I've been there before. Well, because before you were falling in your mother's womb, I knew you. I called you by name. I ordained you as a prophet of the nations. Before, I mean, before Jeremiah was born, before Jeremiah was born, God said I was, I was putting stuff in him. So we're not going to let these flesh pots limit how we live. We're going we're gonna to chop that rope that's holding down our blimps and holding down our, our hot air balloons. And, you know, some of y'all get healing balloons for a birthday party. Y'all got to time down. What happens if you don't time down? God's, he wants you to chop them strings. We can go someplace, man, that we couldn't go on our own. Well, I'm not that educated. No, no, no. No, it's, it, he's going to fill you with something. Well, I don't have enough experience. No, it's he's filling you. The balloon don't float by itself. It's what's in it. It's what's in it. Hallelujah. Lord God, today thank you for your word. Thank you for your spirit. Thank you, Father, that, Lord, you're ready to take us to places we've never been before to see things we've never seen, to hear things we've never heard, so we can do things we've never done, so that you can get your kingdom come and your will done on this earth, even as it is in heaven. Father, we are workers together with you to get your will done, so you need us to get an understanding of who we are in Christ Jesus. I thank you that we have open ears, open eyes, open hearts, and that, God, everything we are receiving is uh, taken to heart. We will not reject it. We'll not spit it back out. We'll take what you've given us and work with it and work with it and work with it, meditate on it, and allow our spirit man to process it, not this soul kick it out. And I pray, Father, that you will give us an understanding, even in our natural minds, of what you're trying to show us, that, God, we will... Let our spirit man dominate these natural minds. That we'll let our spirit man get into first position. First position in our lives. Not this natural man. Our spirit man. Because we're born of the spirit. And I pray, Father, that as we unhook from the natural, we become the fullness of what you've called us to be and do everything you've given us the instructions to do in this earth. Thank you for it. We give you praise. And all the glory and honor we pray in Jesus' mighty name. If you agree, shout amen. Amen. Now put those hands.